Welcome, friends, to the True Myth Media Podcast, discussion on film from a Christian millennial perspective. I'm your host, Michael McDonald. And I'm Seth Steele. And today we are going to be having a deep uh, dive discussion on the movie The Holy Mountain by Alejandro Jodorowsky. Uh, I saw this for the first time a couple of weeks ago, and then last week we watched it together. Yep. Uh, let's see. This is one of those movies that I I feel like I kind of talked about this in my review online that you kind of hear about Jodorowsky before you ever see his stuff. Like, yeah. I don't know. For me, as I got into film, even before I went to film school, I'd heard the name. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, you, I'd hear different things about his movies, kind of like John Waters, where I'd just be like, oh, man, am I ready for that? Like, I know I'm a fan of movies. Yeah. There's like an aura that surrounds his movies that's kind of like foreboding a little bit. Like, you don't know if you really want to dive into it until you've already dove in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really it is. And and eventually it just becomes like this curiosity factor, I think, where but <laughs> that's a perfect way to describe it actually. Yeah, but like I don't know, for me John Waters never had that allure. I think he did a little more for you than he did for me. Yeah, I yeah, um, I've definitely watched a lot of John Waters films lately. But like Yodorowsky was was the that one for me. Yeah. Uh that I always was really intrigued, so uh, finally getting a chance to see this. Uh, Chad had recommended that we watch this one first of his movies. Um, I think you I had already seen Santa Sangra. Yeah. Um, I had not, so I watched this one first. I The first thing that happens is, like, you have to kind of learn how to watch his movie, I feel like, when you start the movie. Yeah, you you can't go into a Jodorowsky, you can't go into a film like this uh, and expect like linear plot or like characters to make choices that make sense. Uh, it's it's primarily allegorical, yeah, um, and metaphorical. And if you don't understand that, you're gonna hate yourself when you watch this movie. So, um, yeah. and you're not gonna understand any of it either because I a lot of it is meant to be taken as. This is what I'm showing you, but look deeper. That is not what this movie is about. It's look beyond yeah. what you're seeing on screen and interpret for yourself what you think this movie is about. And it's about, about, like, provoking an emotion. Like, um, like one of the interviews that I saw with him or read with him, I can't remember, but he basically he drew the analogy that, like, he wanted his movie to be like a drug. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like you would you know if you take lsd you trip he's like i instead of taking lsd i want you to take a movie mm-hmm. but still have the experience of tripping mm-hmm. and so like he's trying to create an experience that you ride rather than a movie that you like deduce and follow the plot in like he's not trying to tell a story necessarily as much as he is trying to um cr- evoke a feeling in you mm-hmm. yeah cuz a lot of a lot of the scenes like I said, it's strictly medical metaphorical. There are, there's very little dialogue in this movie, uh, particularly for the, the first half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, up until he meets the alchemist, there's almost, there's like probably five lines of dialogue the entire time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's for me, this is a, this is a movie about searching about trying to know what's out there. Um, about yeah. the whole human race as a collective, uh, not being certain what's what's on the other side of death 
kind of thing. At least that's for that's for me. Some something that yeah, I took I away from. Yeah, I get some of that too. I like definitely the searching part. Like I'm like 100% with you on that. Mm-hmm. Like it's this like you walk you, you get done with the movie and it you for me I felt like um a camaraderie mm-hmm. with other human beings. And, like, kind of the plight that we're all in, trying, like you said, trying to figure out um, what life really means is. Yeah. Yeah, like, what life is worth living, what life is not worth living, what, you know, whether there's a God, whether there's a not, like, all that stuff. Um, But it gives you, like, this feeling that even, even the people that maybe you disagree with or feel like are going in a different way... Like, you can kind of see the threads of how they're actually, like, kind of searching the same way you are, Yeah, too. we're all on the same journey. Yeah. Like, like it's... yeah, for me, it feels like like the main character, uh, the thief, uh, who's like a Christ-like figure, for me, he represents all of us. He is the one, he is the human that is trying to find a reason for the suffering, a reason for yeah. all the crap that goes on on Earth. Um, and even if he has to, uh, scale a tower and go visit an alchemist and then eventually do some other things, uh, he's going to do it because he needs to know what this world is really about. Uh, and he needs to know the reason behind the pain and the reason behind the suffering too. Um, yeah. And I think, I think that like that metaphorical, like how you said, you can kind of see him that way or see him a different, that's one of the values of the movie. mm -hmm. And actually like part of the reason Yodorovsky is so kind of like mysterious and ethereal like you don't necessarily want to jump into him right away is because like he uses really rough imagery to communicate these ideas Mm -hmm. and i feel like on the one hand i've that really gives him like quick access to like your um like your brain and your heart to make points Mm -hmm. like it, it really just like punches through like the layers of like calcification, uh, you know, like we've seen so many movies with violence and all these other things in it. Uh, we get desensitized to it. And he really goes to the extreme level in order to still be able to create responses from the audience. Yeah. Um, that's kind of a shame in some ways because I feel like it being so metaphorical and ad- allegorical, this is kind of a prime storytelling style that Christians could learn from. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as a Christian, there's a lot to like grab onto here. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it is, I mean, the whole thing is a religious analogy, at least to me. Yeah. Um, or at least like a soul's journey, I guess, of like searching for the God or the immortals that are out there. Uh, yeah. the ones that hold the secrets. So, yeah, and like I, I don't know. I would incur like I know that there's some stuff in there. Like, uh, if you're worried about content, you can kind of look up what is in this. Like, that's pretty readily available um, mm-hmm. to kind of warn you about what it is. But honestly, if you're a Christian who can be a little, b- if you're the sort of person who can watch like violence in movies and stuff like that. This movie really is a spiritual experience to watch. Yeah, it really is. It's trying to take you like on a journey that's more serious and more interesting and more self-examining than like 99% of the films you ever watch. Yeah. 
Yeah, it really is. So I would like this is a five star movie for me. Mm -hmm. I would super highly recommend this, uh, especially if you're a spiritually minded person. I wouldn't say just a Christian like other spiritually minded people, even like like Chad is an atheist, but he loves this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I can very especially imagine uh, people who are into uh, more new age stuff and everything really vibing with this movie. Yeah, because there's a lot of like tarot cards and stuff like that that they use too but yeah. it, the whole thing it, it encapsulates like every kind of a religion and every kind of belief and it's like all right all of us are trying to like find it just this it just one throws thing. them all into the same bucket so like you never feel like like there's there's the scene that we know we used in our little promo that uh, you see all these copies of jesus mm-hmm. right but never do you feel like the movie's picking specifically on christianity no because there's lots of uh buddhist imagery throughout the yeah. thing and there's it's lots- also but it's also not like it's not picking on any of them and saying they're bad but it's also not raising any of them up and saying hey they're the answer no so like it is very accessible for uh like for as far as subject matter goes mm-hmm. it's it's purely the imagery getting past the imagery that's being used that is a challenge like i was trying to think of trying to get my brother to watch this movie because i think he'd really like it mm-hmm. and i was like i feel like what i would have to say to him to get him to watch it is please trust me just turn on this movie when like the kids aren't around and amy's not there there's going to be some weird stuff in it. It's not going to make sense, but turn it on and promise me you won't look away from the screen for your phone or your computer or anything else for 45 minutes. And if after that, like you still can't handle it, fine, turn it off. Yeah. But I really like, it's one of those movies that you got to pay attention to. And I'm, I'm, I, I am nervous when I recommend it to people. Yeah. that they're gonna that they're gonna turn it on for thirty seconds and turn it off because it starts abruptly. Yeah. Well, and th- this isn't a movie that I would recommend to everybody either. No. Um. No. There, like, my parents would hate this movie, and like, my, is. Yeah, I like. I don't think my even though my dad is somebody that I really respect in like kind of his uh i mean i respect my parents i just don't think they no, like no, this but movie I specifically, <laughs> I specifically his uh uh his taste in movies yeah and stuff like i i just don't think that this is one he'd care for i yeah. just don't think that it would bother he would get too hung up and that's okay like i'm not saying that he should be a better movie watcher or anything like that like it's not it's not a like i'm on top of a hill looking down mm-hmm. or anything it's just different people yeah, I mean, connect in different ways. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, there's different movies out there for everybody, and this one is definitely more for like the filmmakers. I think this yeah, is filmmakers. this is for people who are interested in film enough to like honestly sit down and discuss it and like think about what's happening in each scene. This isn't like a movie for somebody who wants the next Friday the Thirteenth movie. No, like, I would say it's also a movie for people who are into like anthropology. Okay. Um. Yeah. Like, because it has a lot to say about human society Mm -hmm. and different cultures and things like that. That's why I think my brother would really like it. Okay. It's because it's very anthropological. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because it is kind of a study of the human race. Yeah. Kind of coming back to is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we wanted to do kind of a overview up top here and just say, like, you know, 
this is kind of how we felt about this movie because we really want to recommend people actually see this movie. Yeah, I, um, I would and, say it's a five star for me too. Yeah, I know you already said that. So, and we don't want to spoil what is a fantastic experience to go into blind. Yeah, uh, it really is amazing. Uh, just commit yourself to watching it. Uh, but we do also like the movie. Part of the fun of it is the discussion. Yeah. So, so let's go down. <laughs> we are going to head into a spoiler section. If you in- intend to watch this movie, uh, probably stop it now. If you think you might want to watch it someday, but you're kind of nervous about the content, uh, maybe listen in because we will describe what some of that content is and why uh, why some people might have a tough time with this movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because they're man. I had a tough time at moments. Yeah, I get like I don't. I guess I've, I like actually the first time I watched this movie, and I think I brought this up on the show before. I watched it starting at like midnight, and I made it about halfway through, and then I was like, "All right, guys, I'm going to bed." Like nothing's happening in this movie yet, <laughs> and like <laughs> like I'm way tired. I started this movie way too late. Um, yeah, you definitely got to give yourself prime movie yeah. watching time if you're going to do this. And also, I think I said uh, to you, it's a sort of movie that you should probably schedule like a nice long walk after. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so you can think about it. Yeah. So uh, the first time I watched it, like the other people that were that I was watching it with looked over at me and they were like, are you OK with this at certain points? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I guess for me, the imagery wasn't that shocking. Like, I know Honestly, there are a, fir- a couple scenes that like. That's because, people that's because we're film people and like we pretty much don't have a problem with almost anything that gets portrayed. It, to us, it's more about how it gets portrayed. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was. Yeah. I. If you've seen most R-rated com- like most R-rated movies, not comedies, if you've seen like a lot of R-rated movies today, you're probably fine. I don't think there's anything in here that's like it should be rated NC-17 or anything like that. It's pretty much no. just like, oh, that was shocking after yeah. uh, a time of like some relatively peaceful imagery. Like, oh, okay, that came out yeah. of nowhere, and then it's done again. I, uh, I wouldn't say the imagery is so shocking that it's gonna like turn off a lot of viewers, but I think it will. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, for me <laughs> I, it didn't. So I think I think that like amongst our film friends, yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, like it's not gonna make Carl like not want to watch a movie. My friend Jared, it's not gonna make him not want to watch a movie. But I could see it making Katie not want to watch it, or my brother, or you know, yeah. Like it's just a uh, it, some of it's kind of some of it, especially because some of it involves religious iconography. Yeah, uh, it can be a little difficult. So at the we're just going to get kicked off with the spoilers here and like start talking about the plot of the movie. Well, it kind of starts with the opening scene is a shot of the alchemist and two ladies um, just sitting in a tiled room. And I don't get this scene. I'll say that straight up. I think I understand it um, because what he does is he kind of shaves their heads. Um, and if you watch the way that he shaves their heads, he goes from one to the other in one fluid motion. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's kind of saying, uh, and I'm gonna we're in spoiler territory, so I'm gonna go on and say this. There's a scene near the end of the movie where they all kind of they have to lose their possessions and they have to all yeah. become one. And I think this is kind of an early portrayal of that, which is okay. Look, this melding of like 
skin to skin, like look yeah. at how close we all are. I feel like it's just saying like it's starting right off the bat saying, look, we're all one. We're all very similar. Okay. We all have the same exact uh, like if you break us down to our bare bones, we are all the same inside. See, Yeah. And I think during the scene, I was still a little bit in like that, like because it's you it press, starts right away. Yeah, yeah. There's no titles. There's no anything. It's just like, bam. Yeah. And I think I was still kind of like catching up with the movie and going yeah. like, oh, this is this is how this movie is going to be. It's going to like blast you with an image and and it's okay that you don't immediately comprehend it because it's going to give you time mm-hmm. to watch that image for a while and think about it mm-hmm. um yeah at least that's what i got out of the scene i like yeah. I, again all of this is metaphorical or allegorical yeah. i have no like i have no idea what uh Yodorowsky's, uh like real intent was when he set out to make this movie but that's what i took away from it yeah so, so it's like that's kind of like uh i would say like, like a, a prelude, prelude almost yeah yeah because yeah. then we get uh this character who's called the thief yep and he is like he looks like jesus yeah <laughs> He does. He's got the um, long hair. And honestly, like throughout the entire movie, he wears a loincloth. And and he's constantly like, I mean, the imagery for him is obviously Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he gets, uh, he's found in the desert all covered with flies. Like some uh, kids like are picking on him and stuff. And they mm-hmm. like string him up on a cross. Um, and then eventually he wakes up, um, gets off the cross and the friends the disfigured dwarf and then they go into town but let's talk about that opening scene for a minute too yeah so for me the flies on the face represent kind of uh there's a lot of poop imagery in this movie (laughs) so uh like i i kind of i kind of think of it as he is human excrement right now he is filth that is what he is um, sorry, I keep, I tap on the table when I do stuff. So if you're hearing me right now, I'm sorry. Um, but anyways, so yeah, he's kind of like, he's disregarded. He is the lowest of the low. Um, and it's kind of the starting point because this movie is about enlightenment. So you have to go from the lowest point in order yeah. to go to the highest point. And that's at least where I kind of thought that was going again, but that's just me. So did yeah. you have a different interpretation for that or? No, I just don't like man, I don't know how to describe it. Like it's, it's interesting because one of the things I was thinking about talking to you about earlier was um, how like different people watch movies different ways. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I realized like, um, cause you're a very literary person. Yes. Right. Yeah. So (laughs) like, like you get into it and you're just like, this represents this and this represents that. And to me, it's a lot more nebulous. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Like, in this scene, I'm just kind of like feeling out the character, feeling out like that, um, like he's a sufferer. Yes, and that was where I was gonna go after this. Okay, yeah, yeah, like like he's a suffering person. He's at the mercy of others. Um, that's kind of like what I was getting out of this, and mm-hmm. then the next scene. Was, well. Yeah, because okay, because the kids string him up on a cross and throw rocks at him. So, yeah, I would say that's part of the suffering thing. But then when he befriends the dwarf, he also sees that there is some good in the world, too. Yeah. So it's it's establishing the world right away almost as there is a lot of suffering, but there can be some good moments in it, too, because I think they like share a joint like in the first scene. Yeah. And and I think that that's one of those. um like that's a running theme. That's a motif that kind yeah. of gets played out over the course of the film is mm-hmm. that you get presented with 
both the harshness of reality and the beauty of reality mm-hmm. at the same time. So like the next scene where um there's like these frog or there there's like this uh I don't know, like a pl- almost like a play setup that's or like a almost like a flea circus kind of thing, but mm-hmm. it's a fleas, it's uh lizards and they're like set up around like these this frogs, ten- yeah. land, like these uh Peruvian pyramids or something mm-hmm. like it looks like the South Aztec American. culture, yeah. yeah, and they're all dressed up like Aztecs and mm-hmm. stuff, and then uh come these frogs that are all dressed up like conquistadors and they start eating the lizards and then like all this blood flies in and everything and uh it's obviously kind of like it's 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 very heavy-handed at this point going like look even this like christ figure who sees the poor and like is persecuted and everything like right on the heels of that you like we all know like the history that christianity has had Mm -hmm. uh like crushing native peoples and hurting them and not being the force for good and not living up to like the things that uh the founder intended yeah it, and if you look at the scene specifically like there are people cheering around while mm-hmm. this is all happening too and like it's a big show yeah to me this is uh humans perpetuate misery and we always have and we kind of enjoy doing it yeah. um and that's i mean that's just it's it's more establishing the world it's this is what our world really is it's people hate on each other and they massacre each other and that's the world that we live in why do we live in this place well that's what we're gonna go find out in the next couple of scenes <laughs> yeah it's because uh, like after that i forget how exactly it happens but he gets latched onto as like this religious figure kind of this hero figure well he walks past like uh this sign that says like christ's for sale or something like that and then he sees these people drinking outside and they offer him a bottle and he drinks and he gets drunk and then they bring him into this like factory and mold his body yeah and they make like like, passed out drunk hundreds of copies of him to Mm -hmm. sell yeah. And like there, that's obvious. Like, again, it, a lot of the imagery is like super heavy handed, but because of the way it's done in this very dreamlike state. Yeah. It totally works. Yeah. Like, even though normally I would hate a movie that has a Jesus factory in it. Yeah. Because I'd consider it so hacky in this movie, like to see him wake up and like realize what's happened that mm-hmm. they've they've missed the point of what he's about and Mm -hmm. how angry he is about it because all they've seen in him is the opportunity to sell his image to people to make them feel better. It's a way of making money. Mm -hmm. And that's like the thing that he kind of keeps seeing everywhere he goes. It's like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things being exchanged in this movie. There's a lot of um, people uh, like purchasing and uh consuming this is a very this movie is way about like how we as a a species consume this planet yeah and like leave waste behind us Mm -hmm. and so like he sees that here yeah i guess we should also bring up uh because that is a really good point um particularly in the first half of this film, it's shot in a place that looks almost like a desert. It's very barren. It's very dry. Um, Even the town is very dusty and dirty and like kind of gross. And that's kind of, uh, it's kind of juxtaposed when we get to Lotus Island later on. Um, But yeah, I, for me, the Christ factory scene is kind of uh, like 
understanding yourself and then realizing that there's like millions of you out there, like there's millions mm. of people and just realizing that though you feel special, like, You're yeah, not. there's a, yeah, there's a million other people out oh, there of yeah. you. And like when he yeah. just wakes up and he sees like, oh, I'm not the only one. Like I feel special inside, but so does everybody else. Like, yeah. and he just kind of realizes that in the end, I mean, like the Jesus statues are made out of potatoes. It's almost like, oh yeah, in the end, I'm just flesh and bones. Still. Yeah, and that's why, like, later he defaces one of them. Yeah, and like releases it into the sky. Yeah, is which kind of he's letting go of that image of himself as being like special or yeah. But I feel like that's also because. I was reading a little bit about this movie too, believe it or not, because I liked it so much. And I feel like there's there's this other imagery where it's because it's Christ, he takes a bite of it. And it's kind yeah. of like him taking like uh, the sacrament or whatever. Yeah. And he sends it up into the sky. That's kind of like Jesus's ascension too with right. the balloons at the end. So there's different like there's different interpretations of what that I'm sorry, I keep bumping on the table again. <laughs> uh, there's different interpretations of what that could mean too. Um so it could be, yeah, there's millions of me. I no longer feel special. Or it could also be, uh, this is the representation of Jesus coming down, giving us what he says is life or giving us yeah. uh, like a way to salvation and then still f not feeling completely satisfied with it at some points. So, but yeah. Yeah. So then he comes upon this place where um, there's this tower. Yeah. And it lowers this giant fish hook. And there's like people are putting like food on, it, on it and stuff. Like yeah. I, I kind of saw it as a like they're An they're offering. sacrificing. Like to them, this I I felt like the tower represents like, uh, kind of like the I don't know how to describe it. Like the sacrifice, like a sacrificial system. Like people, uh, who are seeking to have enlightenment by giving up their things. Yeah. Yeah. For me, uh, for me, the tower almost represented the church or like the people that, uh, like I like could see it representing kind of like the priesthood mm -hmm. or yeah. Like I could see it representing that, but I also just like in a very like super stripped down way, it's people to me that are seeking enlightenment through what they hold in their pockets rather than themselves. Yeah. And that comes like, back into play later too. That's why, that's why like he, he takes all the stuff off of the hook and gets on it himself yep. and climbs the tower. Yep. Um, like into the heavens. Yeah. And, and that like, that's why that's significant is because he's not just like, like taking, it's like this image of something transcendent reaching down just the littlest bit And there are some people who are going to see that and go, oh, I need to give whatever I can in order to have that thing. Mm -hmm. And then there are other people who are just like, I'm going to take that thing. Yeah. That is too important for me to hope it accepts like this offering or this thing. Mm -hmm. I just need to abandon everything behind me and grab onto it. Yeah. And I, I think another way to kind of look at this, too, is like when he ascends the tower, it's, it's him searching beyond what is real. So like for me, I, I kind of interpret it as the tower is the point where we almost, uh, we break from reality a little bit more. Uh, if you see what I'm saying. So like the first couple of scenes all feel very grounded. They feel very real. 
Um, and then when he goes up into the Alchemist Tower, it's all sets. It's all like yeah. done with lots of color and stuff. I felt like, that. like it was more about kind of <laughs> I'm not done with my thought. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so uh he goes up into the tower and he kind of transcends. He's looking beyond what is just the physical world. He's looking yeah. <laughs> see you should have just let me finish. <laughs> I just didn't like the word real. I mean the physical world. Is that yeah. not okay? Because the spiritual world is real too. Yes, the physical world. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. So he transcends the physical world to look yeah. beyond to see what is uh beyond that. So yeah. it's the spiritual world that he's looking into, and that's where he's searching for his answers. Yeah. And when he gets up into the the tower, he cuts through a veil, if you remember. Yeah. And that was when I was like, oh, he's broken through to the other side. And then it's <laughs> yeah. all a rainbow. And I'm like, this is amazing. I was like, he's totally broken through to the other side. And now he's approaching somebody who is like, he almost looks godlike when you first meet him, the alchemist, because he, yeah. he's like play. He's got like people on either side or he's got like a goat on one side of him and like a yeah. naked woman on the other. Well, I think he's supposed to feel um. I, I do think he's supposed to kind of represent many different things. Like yeah. he's, he represents uh, one of the sources of enlightenment, uh, like for any religion, mm -hmm. like he is a, he's a, he's a kind he's of a, a leader. He's kind of a God figure. Yeah. He's a guru figure. He's uh, um, kind of a master mm -hmm. figure. Like he's all of those things. And um, when the thief approaches him, uh, he gets, well, he he learned. He <laughs> Do you learned, want gold? He learns how to make gold. <laughs> yeah. He learns how to make gold from the alchemist. Uh, this is one of those scenes that will rub people the wrong way. Maybe uh, I, this was actually one of the scenes that somebody looked over at me and was like, "Are you okay?" And I didn't know what they were talking about. I was like, "Yeah, what do you mean?" Yeah. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, he teaches him this method of uh, being able to transmorph anything he eats into gold. But um, in order to get to that process, um, he has to continually defecate and have the alchemist burn the defecation and release it back into his hermetically sealed uh, chamber, like last chamber so that he can breathe it back in. And basically what he's learning to do is to... In a in a weird way, have no carbon footprint that he he can he can take in whatever and put out whatever he wants. Like he has mastered the elements. Yeah, but it's told through poop. Yeah, but I think that that's important because so much of the movie is about consumption and waste. Mm -hmm. And like I think he's tr he is trying to make somewhat of a point about those things and the fact that I. Uh, like what is it what is it you could be possibly looking for like materialistically mm -hmm. that could do this nothing yeah like everything is like no matter what project you throw yourself into what scheme you throw yourself into you will always be defecating you will always be leaving things behind you the 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 ruins of the chicken carcasses that i've eaten and the like yeah. like everything no matter how good you try and be and no matter how pure you are. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't know, like that to me was a really powerful. Oh yeah. It's a like, super powerful scene. Um, it's, it's really, it's a long scene too, actually. Yeah. Um, and it's, I'm just saying like it, for the average person who hasn't seen a movie where poop gets burned, 
it's not just like, burned either. Turn you off. It's it's not it's just burned, burned and then inhaled. Yeah, it will. It's <laughs> it's burned and then they add water to it until it like becomes a little. Yeah, they yeah <laughs> they keep stirring it up and stuff like that until it eventually becomes diamonds and then it becomes gold too. Um, it makes sense if you watch the movie. Trust me. Um, but for me, this was kind of a uh, the alchemist. The alchemist asks the thief if he wants gold, and the gold is like, yeah, I do. Um, and he shows him how to do this, and it's almost like you have gold inside yourself. You have your soul inside yourself, almost, to say that, too. Because mm-hmm. this is all about finding enlightenment. This is all about uh, finding immortality. Because even before this scene happens, the alchemist talks about how he wants to find immortality. Um, and he hates the mortal world and stuff like that, or whatever. Yeah. Um, But for me, him kind of inhaling the smells of his poop, him kind of going through this over and over again, it's... It's the process of suffering to gain the enlightenment. It's Mm. okay. You have to go through this in order to truly understand who you are as a person in order to truly gain the knowledge that God needs you to gain in order for you to become. Yeah. And seeing it more as like a purification. Yeah. Because like I can see that I for me, the part that just resonated more was more the idea like he goes all the way up there and the the, and God or whoever the alchemist. Yeah. The alchemist. Do you want gold? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, all right here. And he shows him how to do it. He's like there. Now you have gold. And it's like you realize at that moment, like gold doesn't mean anything. Like when you can just poop it out. Yeah. Like and and. To me, like so much of that world is about like that materialism and everything. But I, yeah. I felt like a big part of the imagery there is like is that, uh, and actually that when makes you more get to sense the, when towards... you get to the point of being able to actually sustain yourself materialistically forever and ever and ever and ever, it doesn't really. Matter. Then it doesn't mean anything yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that actually, that comes back into play like two scenes from now too. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, after he. After he turns the poop into gold, the alchemist is like, I'm not happy with my mortal life. We need to find immortality. In order to do that, we have to gather uh, these other people. And he gathers like a member from each of the other planets. Yeah. Um, Which are all represented by the different tarot cards and stuff that mm -hmm. are in the movie because there's lots of that stuff. Yeah. There's lots of, yeah. There's lots of iconography for all sorts of different beliefs. So, Um, but the, the planets pretty much represent materialistic things to me. Yeah. And also like the intentions of humanity at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, because again, we like we talked about the frogs and like how they uh, exploded and like we're being eaten by lizards. Uh, there's a lot of war imagery in the yeah. planets. Uh, like there's uh, the Mars is the weapons expert. And then like Saturn is like um, war toys. Yeah, war toys. And then even Uranus, like they talk like he's a political and financial advisor. But I think if I remember right, they talk about war in that one. But too. then also Neptune is the police and like, oh, yeah, they're like militarized. at but this like, point. I think that's one of the things that is interesting about the film is like pointing out all of these different human endeavors and how what they really they really kind of boil down to two things and it's art and war mm-hmm. and it, you're either creating or destroying. Yeah. And, and like, cause like the one is cosmetics and the one is uh, architecture, mm-hmm. but like all of them can be mixed. Like you can make art that like inspires people to war. You can like fancy up your weapons and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Like the cosmetics, like caring about the physical world and your physical beauty and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it is, again kind of all about this this machine that humanity is that reaches out crushes something consumes it and leaves waste behind it's like this constant 
motif that keeps showing up in yeah. every single one of these places. Yeah. And then like he gathers all these people and before they take off, he makes them throw all their money away. Yeah. And that's giving away all their possessions, giving away all the materialistic things that kind of held them behind. And then he's like, all right, we're going to travel to Lotus yeah. Island. Uh, another spoiler, this movie, like watching this movie made me like, I'm still kind of toying with the, like trying to figure out how it would work with my wife and everything, but makes me want to be a vegetarian. Oh, okay. Like, like, <laughs> like seriously, like all this talk about how humanity is this creature that like uncontrollably consumes and stuff. Yeah. It like got me thinking about how humanity, like one of the things that I think makes us special is that like we can actually deny our desires mm-hmm. and like, and that means finding ways to live that are like more sustainable and more like all of that is an expression of like your spirituality as well. Yeah. Like you can't be a creature that mindlessly consumes whatever pops into your head. Yeah. And still say that you're like seeking spiritual enlightenment. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just, it's, it was, like I said, this movie's a trip. This movie like <laughs> makes you like, look at yourself yeah it doesn't it's not just a thing that you analyze it like engages you and goes like oh what about that logical inconsistency in your heart michael yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's my little side apparently bunny trail <laughs> you go to all these planets and you like see all these different like kind of all these like materialistic uh like machinations and stuff and uh, the, the alchemist sa- says to the thief and like, they are going to recruit these people to help them. Mm-hmm. And so now there's like eight, there's seven, I think seven planets, right? There's seven people that represent the planets and then the thief. But he also brings his assistant who record, uh, represents Mercury too. So I think, I think they have all the planets okay. covered and the alchemist is supposed to represent the sun. Mm. Um, but yeah. So anyways, they go to, uh, <laughs> Sorry. They go to Lotus Island. They travel by boat. Uh, For me, this is kind of a, uh, it's still more of a distancing from the physical world thing. Um, Traveling by boat because it feels very ethereal while they're traveling to uh, Lotus Island. And then when they get to Lotus Island, they're immediately met by, oh, well, they're also followed by like a prostitute and a chimp. Yeah. Um, And I think that kind of just represents man. Because I... I'm sure uh, Yodorowsky was kind of making the illusion that uh, chimps are, you know, evolved from men or men are evolved from chimps. I'm sorry. But I'm guessing that's what he was going for in this instance. See, um, I like I, again, kind of looked at it as um, like this. It's this call back to something lower. Yeah. We'll get to why I think that that is later because he eventually sends the thief away. And that's when I was like, Oh, the chimp is supposed to represent like our lowest evolved point kind of thing. But we'll get to that later. Um, anyways, they get to Lotus Island and they, uh, happen upon a Pantheon bar. Um, and the Pantheon bar is kind of this place that has, uh, a bunch of physical pleasures. It's, uh, like they have drugs there. They have like women and stuff like that. It's your last temptation stop on the way to enlightenment. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Um, and it's pretty much just like people throwing a party and stuff like that. And, uh, the alchemist kind of wanders in for a while. And so do all the planets. And then they're like, 
nope, we're done with this. And then they yeah. leave. And I think that's kind of just like, yeah, okay, you may reject materialism, but you also have to reject all the physical pleasures as well. Like in order to really get the, in order to really be enlightened, you have to forgo everything. You have to be able to let go of your physical body in the physical place. So, but that's just me again. Hmm. Is there a different way that you look at this? Yeah. Uh, I don't, I think that like, I don't see as much of a separation between the physical world and the spiritual world in the movie. Okay. Like I see them as very connected all the time. Like they're to me, they're never leaving, excuse me to me. They're never leaving the physical world behind. I don't know. I don't know. Especially towards the end of this scene. Uh, like after they start to ascend the mountain, um, did you have anything more to say about that? Or no, not? I just, I just like to me, they're the spiritual realm and the physical realm are all bound up. Okay, like, you, yeah, you don't like, I, but go to one and not the other. N- no, and I guess that's not what I'm saying. It's, it's intertwined, but I think they're supposed to represent different things, kind of. If that makes any sense. I yeah, I guess I just don't like i don't feel that as much that's fine uh so they (laughs) climb the mountain and the alchemist sends the thief back yeah um and this is why i feel like this is where uh the split really happens because he pretty much tells them that they have to they have to go through and like endure their their hardships or whatever and eventually he brings up death and he's like we do have to go through death in order to reach enlightenment Mm -hmm. Um, and they kind of pull these veils over their faces, but before that happens, he sends the man back to be with his own people. And that's when the thief, uh, goes back and he, uh, rejoins, uh, the young prostitute and the chimp. And for me, that was kind of like, it's not meant for man to know some things like enlightenment is not meant for man before death. If that makes sense, because he sends the man back and the thief, we don't really see him after that. He goes away with his uh, with the prostitute and the chimp and they just leave the island. And then the rest of the planets go up and they go through death and then they go to the final scene. But did you have anything? Yeah, I guess I felt like it was more about him not being like. He knows that he's not ready yet to like transcend like it's not because he's not ready to pass through the final door the final door of death yeah and i don't think it but i don't think he's talking about like nessus i mean he is also because metaphors but uh (laughs) i don't think he's strictly talking about physical death i think he's talking about death of the self as well death of the yeah, because you have to die to be reborn or finally and, find and, like the, the desires that he has. And the problem the problem with him is he still has desires holding him back. Yeah. And so he has to like get to where he doesn't have those desires yet anymore. Yeah. For me that was he's not ready to die yet. And so he goes back. Yeah, but, and yeah. I don't I don't think that has anything to do with death like physically because of the end of the movie. Like, because we are clearly still in the land of the living at the end of the movie. Yes, but but what the alchemist says is we have to go through death. Like, they they still experience death, even though they are still alive the way that they they are portrayed. I think they have experienced death. They have transcended it. And that's what all those, like, weird images towards the very end are. Yeah. It's them kind of going through their last, like, this is the last glimpse of humanity that I'm getting. 
Um, I've gone through, I've found enlightenment now. I've broken through to the other side. Um, but again, that's just my interpretation yeah, of it. I, I just like to, yeah, to me, I, I view it as a more, um, death of the consuming part of me, which is not necessarily to say the physical part of me. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, you know, and like the, the, cause, cause then, yeah, we can just move on to the next yeah. part. Um, cause then they go to the top of the mountain, the mm-hmm. rest of the planets and the alchemists and, uh, they get, they come upon the, the masters, the immortals mm-hmm. and they pull back their hoods and they're all dummies. Mm-hmm. And then they all sit down and he's like, you are the masters. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> he doesn't say it in a funny voice like I did, but, uh, and then he tells the, he basically does this little speech about how we need to live life and everything. And he talks about how, like, e- even now we think we're living life, but, and he says, pull back camera, zoom out. And you see the film crew and he's like, and he basically just looks at the camera and he's like, what does he say? Uh, real life awaits us. Yeah. And then and, they kind of walk away. And that's why I feel like a lot of it I have to push back from, because I think it's a very natural impulse to, like, especially in the West, because mm-hmm. we tend to think in these categories that have been set up for us that, like, the physical is bad and the spiritual is good and that, like, they're they're separable in, in much more separable than I think they really are. Mm-hmm. And so like at the end, like he's talking about real life. So I feel like earlier he can't have been talking about real death, like real physical death, because I don't feel like that jives with this line at all. And I'm going to completely disagree with you <laughs> um, because they go through this death process and then, okay. So they go through the death process and they crawl up to the uh, table and then they pull back the hoods. Yeah. For me, this is, we have transcended life. We are at the final stages right now. We finally get to see what it's all about. And so he's like, okay, we have gone beyond. We are no longer attached to the f- physical universe. Uh, and he pulls off his hood and he reveals that it's himself who was sitting there the entire time. Now, I think there are two different ways to really interpret this. And I think I don't know if Yodorowsky was an atheist or not, but I'm sure this is why Chad likes this movie. For me, it's or, uh, when he pulls back the hood, there's one way to interpret this as uh, nobody knows what really happens when you die. Uh, and y- you can't find that out until you actually ha- until you actually die. And he could be saying, yep, there is no God. I'm pulling back the hood. There's it's just us like this is all there is. Uh it's all a facade like you should have gone out and like lived your life the real way for me it's he gets to the end and he pulls back the hood and he's like okay look we might not have all the answers right now but i mean you don't need all the answers to enjoy real life because you don't understand what god is doing throughout throughout the history like you can't see god's full plan that's what i yeah i got it's it's hard to put into words how this movie really works at the end but for me there's a quote that i wrote down at the bottom of this page actually uh and it's from dostoevsky's the idiot and it's uh we degrade god too much ascribing him to our ideas and vexation at being able to understand him i repeat it's hard to have an answer for what is not given to man to understand for me the whole movie is about the thief's search for why there is suffering in the world and why there is so much bad stuff. And he's looking for a reason and he's looking for the key to immortality. 
And when he finally finds somebody who he thinks knows the answers, they really don't. And we won't know the answers until we actually meet God after our death. And that's kind of what I was, that's what I take away from it. Yeah. And like, and I, you know, we preface everything with like, this movie's got like multiple interpretations. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like for, for me, it was, it's more about, um, how, the the search for enlightenment is the search to be truly human um which is to be uh this this creature that uh tends the garden rather than consumes it um that works in harmony mm-hmm. with creation instead of uh at cross purposes to it and the the end of the movie, the way that I take it is more like, because as much as I love this film, this film's great. Yeah. I feel like this, mo- this movie is also scolding me at the end of it, saying, watching this movie doesn't make you more spiritual. Go live your life. Yeah. Like, and... And I think that, like, that's what's so interesting is, like, every level that I come to, I'm like, oh, look how bad that consumption is. And it, like, complete, it keeps unfolding and going and look at this form and look at this form and look at how you try and buy your good feelings and how you, you know, yeah. how you are. And then you get to the end and it's like, look, even when you want to be spiritual, how do you do it? You watch a movie. You try and engage with some something other than, like, what real life has to offer you you've substituted a film for real life yeah so i don't know that's like kind of how i felt at the end of the like about that last statement anyway yeah okay yeah i mean yeah i think i think consumerism is kind of encapsulated in like the search for life uh, or the search for meaning in life so i mean i think how do i say this I feel like I'm looking at it from like a 30,000 foot range. Like this whole thing is supposed to represent life in general, humanity in general, looking for enlightenment. And you're looking at it as this is man should stop being consumer. And I like I understand. And I'm looking at it more as uh, while and I think that this is definitely one way that we're kind of like latching onto it a little different, too, Mm because what you said about like that 30,000 foot view you like even with the thief the character of the thief like you're looking at him as like representing humanity mm-hmm. and i'm looking at him as representing humanity too but more in the sense of the individual human being yeah like we, he's not well absolutely it's it's all of us within ourselves so it's every individual yeah. within humanity which is why at the end i feel like we come to a place where we're all like we feel one because it is every person is a singularity but at the same time we belong to something that is much more like much bigger right. than us. Right. Um, like, like I may be a single person, but I am a, cl- like I am an atom in a giant cloud kind of thing. Like, obviously this movie has, like, it's just a really interesting movie to talk about. To, yeah. To like, to think about the way that it engages with your, with your brain and your heart. And, uh, I don't know, just has you looking at the world and what is in it and in your fellow human beings and what is in them. Yeah. So I don't know. I highly recommend it. I think uh, we both do. So like I know me and Seth even <laughs> will still continue to talk about this movie, I'm sure, forever. Yeah. Cause this is like easily 
like a once a year movie for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, probably. I don't know. I watch a lot of movies. I don't know. I might come back to this once a year. I might not. <laughs> I'm oh, sure I'll will, see it a couple sure. more times in my life, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed <laughs> our uh, hopefully somewhat enlightened ramblings about uh, the Holy Mountain. Uh, you should really check it out. Check out some of Yodorovsky's other stuff. All this stuff is on Filmstruck right now. Uh, get ready for... Our uh, 31 Nights of Thrills. Woo! <laughs> I'm really excited for that to start, guys. He actually is. He's just also tired because he's reviewed a lot of movies. Oh, uh, man. I don't even want to say how many yet because uh, it's going to yeah. be a surprise. It's going to be fun. And I've still got more to go. It's ridiculous. I'm... I'm burned out of horror movies at this point, and I can't believe I'm saying that because they're like one of my favorite genres. So, <laughs> well, I I'm definitely impressed. I like I'm not a horror movie fan. I struggle if I have to watch two of them in a week. Um, so try I, watching like four in a day I and know, reviewing like, all of them would, that same it day. It would destroy me. <laughs> I would be tearing my hair out. It's that's like my nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, lots of my weekends lately have been me waking up and watching a horror movie, and I'm like, this is how I want to start my Saturday. (laughs) Yeah, so follow close on social media. You'll get links every time we post a new review on the website, and we'll be doing podcasts over the next week that cover uh, Ordette, the 31 Nights of Thrills, and we'll be gearing up for our UK road trip, uh, or the UK leg of our uh, European road trip where we're watching movies from different countries all over Europe. I know we keep pushing them back, but there's a reason for that. It's okay. Yeah, if you're actually got... following us, yeah, there is a reason for us pushing oh, it back. Man. It's okay. I feel like we keep trying to do it and there's other like... Like, I've literally got all of the reviews written, I think, except for Brazil right now. And, like, even we were like, oh, we should push it back a week. And then you're like, well, if we push that back a week, when are we going to do this and this and this? And it's like, oh, man, do we have to push it back two weeks? Like, we just have too many, like, pressing things. Yeah. To just stop everything and do that right now. And that's weird to say, too, because this podcast started out very slow. And, like. It's weird to get approached by people about different yeah, things Yeah, because we've had now. some people ask us to do reviews. So we want to do those in a timely fashion. Yeah. So we might end up pushing the UK even another week. Who knows? <sighs> but Hopefully not. We want to get this underway. <laughs> the good news is that we have plenty of material. We have plenty of things coming up that are really interesting. Uh, if we Trust are, us. If we are pushing the UK trip, it is because like other things are happening that are really cool so hopefully you guys keep following us and we will say farewell friends peace